Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast, a podcast for New Mexico soccer supporters. By supporters, bringing you the latest and end-to-end coverage on New Mexico United and New Mexico College women's soccer. I'm your host, Chris Walker. Joining me tonight is Patrick Baca. Patrick, we're back after about a week or two off even. I know we took last night off. This is Thursday night currently. Um, What have you been into over the last uh, week or so? uh coaching <laughs> ah coaching uh, simple answer uh yeah how's, how's that been going uh it's been going uh district uh, is around is uh, upon us so it is the busiest time of the of the season so it's where all the where all the uh hard work really truly pays off the first half of the season um really definitely just trying to find your team identity and then take that into the district play and um uh we play in arguably the hardest district in the state so it's uh it's a lot of work so district as far as that goes is that like a halfway marker is that like the the essence of like what most sports are where there's like you you play so many matches boom you're at the halfway point and then bam here's this like sort of tournament is that what that is or yeah essentially we can just i mean we could look at it like um how when we talk about like the college we'll talk about conference what conference play essentially the same idea um you'll play um a non-district schedule um and then after that you have your district teams that you'll play twice you'll play your home and home series against and that's essentially your quote-unquote conference okay so let me ask you this like we know as we're watching college uh soccer that they play the teams only one time like um is there I mean, obviously, there has to be some sort of an advantage and also a disadvantage of playing the teams twice. Um, do you see it that way, or do you, or are you glad that you get to play them twice as opposed to just playing every team one time? Um, you know, I like playing. Uh, I like playing them both. I like having. Uh, I think the girls enjoy uh, having the two games as well, um, especially. Uh, some games leave a bitter taste in your mouth afterwards. And so um, it's about uh, getting back to getting back to practice and and doing things over again and going back and uh, watching film and seeing what we did wrong and what we did right and uh, kind of game planning. So the first half of the district for at least our first half of district games are over. Uh, so we've played everybody in our district once already. So now, on Saturday, yeah, on Saturday we'll play. Um, we'll um, start over 
Um, Man, okay. We'll so start. How, we'll start over. So. So how y'all looking right now? I mean, what's the what's the record looking like? Um, we are currently 0-4 and one right now. Um, okay. Not obviously nobody likes losing, but um, it's uh, one of those things that uh, I took over a program that didn't really have too much stability in it, and um, we've made a lot of changes and. Um, we're not quite where we want to be just yet, but, um, we will be soon. So, um, we, when I first took over, we won one game. Um, obviously that's a lot of just trying to get me and my assistant, our foots into the door and making sure that we're, uh, creating a culture, um, that we ultimately want to see get carried on. And it's, um, I know we were having this conversation off live, but, um, uh, they're student athletes and sometimes um, people get lost in the fact that they aren't uh, or that they're students first. And I've always heard Sally Marcus, the NMAA director say that uh, it sounds cliche, but they are student athletes and student comes first in that, in that sentence. So um, yeah. uh, creating that culture of, of uh, what, it, what it means to be in the classroom uh, and uh, um then what that extension of the classroom onto the field looks like and um, really kind of settling into that. And then, um, and then ultimately playing I'm like, just got to play a lot of the girls that uh, we took over are steps behind because some of these girls have been playing together since they were little. And I've got a ragtag group that we've been trying to get to play together for four years. So it's, uh, it's been fun. Like I said, we started with one win when I first took over, and we're up to six wins this year. So, hey, that's, this that's, is my fourth year in the ten years. So, okay, that's all we uh we'll look at progress. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I want to win some games every now and then. We just we finished <laughs> we just finished a really good game that uh, ended in a tie. Um, extra time couldn't send us split us up. So that one will share a point. We'll live to fight another day. So. Now, is there uh, any sort of overtime or golden goal at the high school level? Yes, at district level or at the district games, it is uh, 80 minutes, and then after 80 minutes, still tie. You go into two 10-minute halves, um, golden goal. If not, then share a point. Man, okay. Like, I'm glad that there's golden goal somewhere because, like that, that right there is just. Uh... That's that's the fun part of it. It's like, okay, you've gone this far. Like, you, this has got to be like sudden death. I will tell you, I've been in the position for all three as a player. It is exhilarating. It's super fun to play in. Like, oh man, what's gonna happen next? As a fan, it's a little bit of both. But as a coach, those are the long. <laughs> that's the longest twenty minutes of your life. So, <laughs> dang, yeah, that's crazy. Like I said, I. I have to say, like, Golden Goal, like, as I've been watching, I'm like, man, that that right there is cool. It's just, you know, who's going to get it? It's it's like a hot potato, so to say, and, uh, you know, more or less. And, uh, you know, it's fun. So I'm glad you get that piece. And, uh, yeah, you got to you, you gotta keep us on the loop, obviously, uh, on what's going on, you know, with, with the coaching. Um, you know, as we did talk offline, obviously, like, you know, like, there's so much more than just the game right it's you know it's it's more about 
the education and, and, and even life, you know, there's so many things going on in, in everyone's life too. So all those things encompassed, you know, that, you know, so it's just important to see it all. And uh, we got to give a special shout out definitely to Veronica, who uh, is not with us tonight on this episode, but will obviously be uh, editing the audio that she does for us each week. So we got to give her a shout out. And I know she had some interest in wanting to, cover the high schools and i was like yeah we're gonna definitely need to figure out like a fleet of folks to be able yeah. to like how to track some of that we might just have to track metro or something but um but you know nonetheless shout out to you veronica and then um so we've got a nice discussion plan for this show uh, a lot of things are cooking uh, in the world of soccer we we plan to definitely dance around a little bit uh so definitely follow with us as we freestyle a little bit on this recording um we were going to record following uh wednesday's match with united and los dos however uh rain decided that it wanted to like just keep going and uh the pitch decided that it wanted to uh fall apart right so uh nonetheless they uh there was a little bit of a weather delay for them to hope that the rain stopped and that the pitch would, uh, I don't know, take like glue that the, the sod would hold, hold together. Yeah. Hold together. And so after some time, uh, the refs just deemed it just unplayable and, uh, the match is going to get rescheduled. And so we decided just to take the night off and to come back fresh the next day. And so that's what we're doing. So, um, I originally had it for us to uh, give a five-word reaction. I guess we can still kind of dance around with five words, given that the match didn't happen. So what would be your five words after six minutes of of play? Uh, six minutes of play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you know what? That's not too bad. <laughs> I mean... Was that six minutes of play? Four words. So that was four. You you got it done in like you had one less. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it looked like we were gonna come come out a little aggressive. So I was happy with that, especially knowing what was going on with the uh, uh, two other teams uh, that were playing uh, with the Colorado and the El Paso game. So um, right. Uh, yeah. I mean. We only got to see six, six minutes. You're not going to see a whole a whole 90 minutes in six I minutes. I mean, that was a sneak preview, right? Like, I I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, that was some, uh, I think I was going to say something along the lines of uh, six minutes, some decent officiating. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, that was a sneak preview. That's like, so after I saw that six minutes, I'm like, mm, where would you rate us? Were we, were we, did you want to see the other like nine or uh, the other 83 minutes of play after that six minutes? Or are you like, nah, let's just go ahead and pack it up and let's just, uh, let's go back to the, to the, the, the training and let's just hit San Diego. Like, uh, I was, ta- I, we were talking about it and I said, why can't we just walk across the street? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, or even go to Lobo Field, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Why can't we just go to the to the to the Lobo Field? It's turf, isn't it? Ah, uh, 
no, it's oh, it's grass. Is it? Oh, it is grass. The UNM soccer Uni- complex. University. Oh no, I was talking about university. Oh, Stadium. the football field. Yeah, the yeah, football. that's turf. I can't just call your our good pal Lobo friends and say, "Hey, grass is unplayable. Can we play on turf?" I'm sure the pros don't want to play on turf. We we've right. seen plenty of quarrels with turf fields, but I mean, we've seen like United play in the Eleven Stadium, and that definitely, I believe, is turf. Yes, and we've so, also seen Oakland's field before. Oh yeah, yeah, that is like <laughs> that is. That that pitch is crazy. And then wait, we know that uh, uh, on ter- or who's it? Orange County, they're probably oh. flirt- flirting with the idea of getting turf next year. Turf, I, hmm. um, we play on turf uh, for the girls. Yeah, but in the football stadium, Colorado's pitch is turf too. Actually, um, it's corkwood and, or coconut corkwood or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And uh, I will tell you, in New Mexico, um. On days where it's 90 degrees, I would much rather play on grass. Yeah, because turf is hot. The turf is definitely creating another 10 degrees of more heat. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean. I would, I, I'm with the rest of the fans that were uh, saying let them play and stuff like that. Like, right. But let's go across the street where we can play this game. <laughs> and I think the only reason a lot of people are saying, like, let them play, let them play. Is because we're all anxious. Like we've got three games to go. Like I think we just want to solidify a spot so all of us can take a deep breath. Right, and I mean, like we're not even to the point of. We'll obviously talk more deeper United stuff. But I mean, let's just talk about this here since we're here. Like, um, we had just watched El Paso pretty much lose, like to Colorado. I mean. Mitchie Not Ingel- pretty much. They did. They did. <laughs> like Mitchie, In- Mitchie Ingelina said, Haji's out. I'm in. Mm-hmm. He gets a hat trick on a night. Like, I mean, I had to rethink my priorities. I was like, well, I guess Haji Berry isn't the only thing you need to worry about. Mitchie Ingelina definitely made sure to let USL know that Colorado's healthy. And, uh, you know, but we know El Paso did come back with four straight goals in Colorado against Colorado. Mm-hmm. So, but they weren't going to do that with 83 minutes, like played in the match. So uh, for the most part, it was nice to see El Paso lose the match. And therefore now we really do have to do something with a game in hand. Game so, in hand and, and a point up, two points yeah. up. And, oh, and a point, a point up. up right now currently. Yeah. And, uh, with you know, everybody literally but Orange County knocking on the door. <laughs> Every single person. Phoenix still in it. <laughs> it is it's so insane. Like I was sitting there like looking at the standings and I was like, none of this like why can't this be the East for once in our lives? Like Right. Yeah, it it's uh it's 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 very uh it's got me really on pins and needles, right? Because we certainly you really have to go back and look at some games that we just really didn't show up in and go these games right here all could have been ours right like the el paso match at the lab we should have won that game agreed like we should have had that rgv i don't really know 
the goals they scored were silly. Like literally, like I just thought, like okay, um, you just you know, I I don't know. Like it, well, it was just. You could even go back. Like let's go look at the Los Dos draw before. Right. Two two. Go back to the draw with Sac uh with San Antonio. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 you, you can look at all these matches and go, oh, we just you know, last minute things, right? So interesting enough, though, like this is kind of my thought. So they go to San Diego on and they play Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe the reschedule is going to happen on the twelfth, the Wednesday. Okay. And then they'll have the final match, which will be on the fifteenth. So they're going to definitely be stuck with a three matches in seven days situation. Yep. And in a situation where we have to most likely win two of the three. Right. Do you think, and and I had this thought and I didn't post it online because I thought, you know, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Patrick. Do you think the LA game is played in LA because they're in San Diego already, or does LA still fly back and United still, you know, I mean, not from the perspective of honoring tickets, but do you think logistically the game is played in New Mexico or do you think it's played at Dignity Sports, Dignity, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park because they're just going like an hour and a half up the way? Uh, logistically, you would think that you just play that game in LA. Right. But... Um... I don't think that'll be the case. I think that they'll still have to. I think they'll still play it in New Mexico. Yeah. See, I, I wondered. And it, and if you're LA, let's see who does LA play before they, that. They play. Let me look real quick. Oh, they'll yeah. play Atlanta. Right. And they play at in home. Atlanta. No, they play in LA. Oh, that is their two home games. Yeah. So they'll play. And they play lights to finish off the season right you're right so so my thought was will galaxy to fight for hey you're already out here you don't have to fly back like we'll put you up you got used to the facility to train right all these things i mean like they could just go ahead and start like sunday match will happen They'll have Monday off. Tuesday, they can... I mean, it's really not a turnaround, to be honest. No. It's like... So you got to ask yourself, like, Sunday... They're not. They're probably not flying home Sunday. They're flying home early Monday morning, and they definitely don't have a day off now. So why are they going to do that? They're going to get home Monday. They're only going to have one day to train. Then it's like Wednesday's a match. Or do you stay out there, drive where you got to drive Sunday night, you know what I'm saying? And then you have Monday and Tuesday as operative time, and then Wednesday you play a match, but then you fly home after the match on Wednesday. I think I think if you play that game on the twelfth, I think you if you're in a United, you want to come play it at home. Right. Mostly because you want to be at a home atmosphere. I think that's just the kind of the given. I think the other thing is is that I think you want to avoid less travel time. Because remember, we're talking about two games, possibly. You're having to win two of these next three. Right. The only reason that we have that, right? Um, 
let's say you go down to uh, San Diego on Sunday. We, for hypothetical reasons, let's say that we don't come away with three points right. or any points at all from San Diego. Right. I think you sit there and say, no, we're going to play the last two games at home because we need to win these last two to stay in it. Right. That would and, make sense. And there's no travel time. There's no travel. There's no turnaround. I think, yeah, you have the right the, the right idea in L.A. to like do that, but I think if you're sitting on two home games left, you're saying, okay, we're playing those home games back-to-back. That's if that's what play that game on, on Wednesday, which I think you're right. I think that game is going to get played on the 12th. Yeah, it's 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 serious momentum, right? I mean, like the LA pitch was was the LA pitch wider? It seemed like it was. Yes, it was wider, and so I think you don't want to do that again because no. in RGV they did that, and it it wasn't a good look for us. Um, so I think they fight that no matter what. Like it'll be unfortunate for LA. I, I just could imagine there will be a little behind the scenes drama about it. I can imagine there will be. Oh, you don't say with reschedulings and New Mexico United and rescheduling games drama. <laughs> you know the Phoenix fans are already live on Twitter talking about make them play tomorrow, make them play on a on a Monday. No, they were they were already on Twitter the day that the match got abandoned, crying <laughs> about it. Right, and I mean, I guess like like I haven't looked at the weather forecast for next week, right? To know if uh, if we're looking at a rainy day for Wednesday, right? But I'd imagine I think we are looking at rain for the next week or so because <laughs> yeah. of the tropical storms that are coming through. Yeah, so see, it's 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 going to be – I mean, look, like I think you're right that it would get played back here. I would hope that they would fight for that. Plus, they wouldn't have to worry about refunding all those tickets or whatever yeah. is going to happen with that. Um, you know, because, I mean, people are already like, oh, like are we going to get free parking, right? For They already paid for parking that day, and the parking right. was pretty – it's pretty messed up, like – UNM had something going on, so people had to park way the heck out. Then they had to pay for that, right? Then it rained. So, I mean, you know, go and figure. And they There's... had to walk out in the rain. Yeah, exactly, right? And you only got to see six minutes of a match, which you were in the stadium probably for two or three hours. Uh, there is chances of rain all for next week. Ooh. No, no high above the 70s. Oh, see, look at I. 69 is the highest. See, I, th- I think that's going to be a thing, though. Um, I I think it is. Like, let me see. Let's see if I can see LA's situation. I don't think they're any better. I think they're expecting rain, too. Yeah, it usually comes from them. Uh, let's see here. Let's see what let's see what Los Angeles has. Then we'll know. Um, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, next Wednesday, seventy-eight high, sixty-two low. Looks like a partly cloudy day. Well, next Wednesday they're expecting rain. Oh yeah, you're right on that one. Actually. So hey, you know what? Well. I, well, I guess pick, pick one. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll guess we'll see what it's going to be. Uh, you know, we're we're not I, the weather, we're not the weatherman, but uh, you know, I'm really interested to see how that one turns out. I uh, assume I assume that we were going to find out today, to be honest. But I thought that too. I thought they were going to say, "Hey, we're playing it tonight." Yeah, would. Well, like come out 
we're playing it tonight. Like whoever oh, can... did it rain up there at all? No, not today. Not today. Uh, um, I didn't know if they would have made them play today, which would have still what? See what today's Thursday. They couldn't do it at Lobos because the Lobos played tonight, so they wouldn't have been able to play at UNM. So that yeah. was the only thing. Uh, well, I don't know if they would have made them play today. The turn, what's the turnaround on the play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I mean, it would have. Well, LA has a Saturday game. They, I think, they would have had to do it on a Thursday. Maybe it would have been an earlier game. Right. Because they would have been trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way we can get you some recovery time. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was definitely all for the, uh, hey, let's go across the street. Or, hey, let's go to the training facility. Like, you know. You like, play behind closed doors. Exactly. Just do it that way. Why not? Right. And I mean, they could have played it earlier today, for that matter, for all we know. Right. So. But uh, I guess we'll wait and see what's going to come from that. Um, so that was what we were going to do. Uh, so then let's uh, let's switch into some softies here. I got some soft serves for you. Um, so it's that time of year right now, Patrick. It's almost not that time of year anymore, actually, which is uh, uh, not pumpkin spice latte time, but it's uh, balloon fiesta. Like balloon Yay. fiesta time is happening right now. Um, you know, that means, uh, you know, driving definitely takes a back seat. And I mean that literally, and, uh, <laughs> you know, balloons can like land anywhere, but, uh, you know, I had the pleasure of going to still bender brewing company with a couple of friends, uh, from black diamond supporters group. And we sat there, we, uh, I went out there at like five forty-five AM, right? Like the earliest that I have gotten up for balloon fiesta in a long time but the happy thing about it was that i wasn't actually going to balloon fiesta i was just going to a brewery to have breakfast burritos beer mosas and just kind of sit in my favorite tailgating chair and watch the balloons rise up nice. when's the last when's the last time you went to balloon fiesta we went last year okay um we went last year uh we took the baby up uh just kind of you know we had gone for the weekend, and I think we were mostly going just to go check out the balloon glow. Um, and unfortunately, that night when we went, uh, they got rained out. So um, didn't really get to see any balloon glows. Uh, but um, we were planning on going this year. It's just really hard with, <laughs> with soccer season. So uh, right. with Saturday games, it makes it hard to go up. Um uh, the plan was to possibly go up this weekend, but I don't know if that's looking like we're going to be able to. Um, but uh, I do uh, love Bloom Fiesta. It's like my favorite thing in the world. What's your uh, favorite part of Bloom Fiesta? Um, it's definitely not the traffic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's so. Uh, I think New Mexicans are are, are hilarious in the sense that. Um, when you're in high school, you're definitely like, I can't wait to get out of this dump for the state. Like, I'm going to do some all this other stuff. And then when you get older, you're very much like, hey, what did you say about my state? Like, Right. Everyone's like, like the land of it, entrapment. Yeah, everybody says land of entrapment. And then when you when you get older, you're like, I love this place. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I think it's funny because, um, well, at least for me, I think – it's 
probably the most unique thing that we could possibly have and it's really one of those highlights of how um how beautiful the state is right and uh i i enjoy the pictures i think new mexico's best pictures come from i you know you could go all all over the place but i think october balloon fiesta pictures sunsets sunrises are the best pictures that you could ever get out of new mexico that's my favorite part i like looking at all the pictures nice that's cool i uh you know i went to balloon fiesta a few times i definitely braved it with people who wanted to go my dad came he really wanted to check out the balloon so we went like real early we, we uh i think we i think we rode a bus there i think that's how we got there and uh you know because everyone comes here and they're like oh i want to go check it out i'm like oh it's gonna be really cold in the morning and they're like well you know my dad you know he lives in southern california where it's like definitely a little bit more like they're they're fifty to sixty degrees a little different than ours, right? Yeah. So, so you know, but it was like thirty something when he came. So he was just like, "Oh my god, it's cold." I said, "Yeah, I'm telling you, Dad. Like, bro, like, like I told you, <laughs> like this. Yeah, I was like, it, you know, like I'm doing this for you. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I definitely be still in my bed right now. So we, you know, we go and it's like when you're at Balloon Fiesta, like three in the morning. Like literally, I think when I was there last with him, like they were handing out ice cream sandwiches, and I'm like, I was just like. Okay, but it's like 38 degrees and it's like five in the morning why are you handing out promo ice cream ice sandwiches sandwich. and... whoever i thought that was a good idea needs to be fired right like <laughs> you know chips and weird snacks it's like it's five in the morning like where's the breakfast foods right like where's the breakfast burritos and the cinnamon rolls and you know the coffee talk about the breakfast burritos for a second let's talk why about are blake's breakfast burritos like 20 times better during balloon fiesta oh uh, i feel like there's something i mean first off let's talk about how do you get your breakfast burrito like do you i sometimes like say hold the potatoes keep the eggs in there throw some extra cheese on it gotta have the green typically like, I kind of make it like, you know, kind of like an egg burrito with, like, the cheesiness. So, um, breakfast burritos, to me, had always been eggs, bacon, cheese, potatoes, right. green chili. Um, basic stuff, right? Yeah, the basic And then when stuff. I moved down south, they basically eat anything in a burrito. Really? Yeah. So, so what else, what else uh, would you put in there? Chorizo has, chorizo has become like one of my my new favorite things. Okay. I do uh, like some chorizo. Like I like it when they do gold, like Golden Pride. Yes. Yes. Golden Pride does have some good. There's there's not a ton of places. Well, there's a ton of places to get breakfast burritos, but a lot of them you're looking at like, you know, bean and cheese burritos. Right. Uh, potato and cheese breakfast burritos. And I'm over here like, dang, dude, I want like. I want like a thick burrito with like everything in it. But what about a chicharrone burrito? Yes. That is a big time favorite among students at the high school. I'm all about that. There's a place here called New Mexico Beef Jerky Company. Yes. And I sure. am all about the it's I think it's the the lunch burrito and you get it as a chicharrone burrito and then you from there you can like, you know, obviously keep the beans, you know, keep that you know the chili and then you could take out like the lettuce and tomatoes that they like try to add in there you know 
because you know you don't really need a salad in your breakfast burrito. And the first time that it, my wife had never been to the Bloom Fiesta, and when I brought her for the first time, I remember telling her like, just make sure you. We we ate green chili. It's hard, a little bit harder for me to eat green chili now. Uh, but um, I was like, make sure you pack up on the green chili. And she's like, why? And I was like, because it's cold, and that will warm you up. <laughs> right. Well, you know who's you know whose chili is really hot, and I have to say I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to this one. But like Bob's Burgers green chili is like hot. Okay. Like. They make this taco burger, you know, where it's basically right. like a, a burger. You, you know, right? You're yeah. familiar. Yeah. yeah. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically like it's a taco shell, and then they take like the, the burger patty and they literally like kind of put it in the taco shell. Put it in the taco shell. It's like half, half. It, it works out, like especially if you cut it from the middle of the burger, right? It's like two half circles, and so, uh, so that's the thing. Then they put that green chili on there, and it's just always so hot, like, like, literally, like I. I just can't do that hot. Like another place that has really hot green chili, not really a breakfast burrito spot, but uh, Taco Tan. Okay. They're smash burgers. They have a really hot chili. And like I was having a burger one time. It was so hot that I literally door dashed a Wendy's Frosty, like literally oh. about the same time that I was about to get that delivery. Cause I knew I was like, dude, my face is going to be so hot. I'm going right to be now. crying. I was like, I need something like milk. Because I think in the moment I was like, wait, a milky product would totally do it, you know. So I was like, that's it, a frosty, good stuff. So, so that's Balloon Fiesta. We talked about breakfast burritos a little bit, but as we're talking about food, I have to tell you, Monday's mystery. I had taken a sick day, and it turned into a sick day, right? Because apparently, McDonald's dropped their adult Happy Meal, and yeah. I don't know about you, Patrick, but. Albuquerque was in a frenzy. Were they really? Yeah, because I mean, you know, a special collaboration with the lifestyle clothing brand Cactus Plant Flea Market. Uh, McDonald's drops this adult Happy Meal. Folks who were basic are like, "Oh, you have to be a minor." Like, what if you're a minor ordering it? I'm like, I'm like, really, guy? Like, I really am not going to have that conversation with you. But I did get my shoes laced on and I went out and I got myself two boxes okay. of the adult Happy Meal, so, you know, because it was all about the toy. Right. And so yeah. I and ended up culture. getting, yeah, I ended up getting a, uh, a Grimace and a Cactus Buddy toy. Oh, OK. Uh, did you did you go out looking for the adult Happy Meal? I did not. I was, and you know what my students asked me? They were like, are you going to go get the adult Happy Meal? And I was like, I like kind of low-key want to, but um, I I think I'm going to wait for the Halloween. Oh, the pants. The Halloween drop. Because I still have the, oh, I don't have it. My mother has it. The original uh, trick-or-treat pail that the Happy Meal came in. Right, okay. Um, and when they said that they were going to do that again, I went, let me know when you guys start doing the Disney cups and plates again, too, because I'm in it. I, I, mean, dropped my old, I dropped my old Hercules one, and it broke. So, <laughs> Look, I, I'll tell you this, and I told this to Veronica, too, right? So I she told me about it, and I didn't, I didn't realize it, and then my buddy Devin told me about it. He's like, look what I got. And I was like, whoa, this is an adult Happy Meal. This, you know, there's a toy in there, you know? 
he's like, go get you one. I was like, all right. So then I went and I got myself two. When I got back, it was like, oh, wow, this is great. Like I'm literally holding this box with the golden arches, right? Like, you know, and, and I think the cool thing about it was like, you had like adult portions in there. There was like, you could have a large fry, you could have a Big Mac or nugs and you had a soda and it was like, okay, this is cool. This is basically their, hey, I want to get the 2A quarter pounder. Like, you know, like you're ordering all these items on McDonald's menu now, but they were like, hey, like you can actually get a toy now too. And... You know damn well that they went after the millennials because like the millennials are like... <laughs> I mean, because when you hit adult me, meal with a toy, like yeah, I mean, isn't that dope though? Because I mean, look, when you were a kid, you got the kids meal, and maybe there was a point in your life where you got the mighty kids meal, which is like yes. the 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 kids meal for like the ten year old, right? For like the for like the preteens, right, right. Like it's like a like didn't they have like a carton of milk in there and like or that was an option. And they had like they had a toy or some sort, right? Or like went, a bag went, of apples a, or something like that. Essentially, you went a size. So you had like the you had the Happy Meal sizes, which, by the way, now the the portions with a three year old who wants chicken nuggets all the time, the like portion fries are like four fries and little Happy Meal <laughs> friends. And it's, I find it ridiculous. Yeah. But um, but that like uh, well, it's the it was the Happy Meal XL or something like that. I think oh, that's, that's right. I think that's that. what it was called. I I just remember the Mighty Kids Meal being yes, yeah, or, or it was Mighty Kids Meal or something in the like paper that. bag or something like that. Yes, yes. And instead of four nuggets, you got like five nuggets. That's right. You and it wasn't it. one of the accidental. Here, I gave you an extra nugget type. Or of like, here's this piece nugget that's like gonna make your fifth nugget. Yes. Because, you know, you restaurants are good with that, too. Yeah. Like, it's like we're going to give you, like, three chicken tenders and one's, like, a piece of chicken that got fried, too, somehow. It's like how I went to Popeye's the other day, and I was like, oh, I got the five the five chicken strip. And I was like, oh, they gave me a six chicken strip until I found out that it was just the batter and there was no chicken in one of them. <laughs> right, right, exactly, you know. Well, you know, and, well, so, and, so McDonald's, like, like, funniness, right? So... So they, I guess they sold out the first day, and I figured they would, right? I figured they would. It's a hot thing happening. I mean, I went around new. So when I get home, like I said, I opened my toys. Like first of all, the toys are blind bags, so you're not going to know what toys you got. But what did I do? I was feeling, I was feeling up on the toy, trying to. Oh, I got grimace because it's the only way you could know what toy you got, right? right? So I figured out what what I had. I opened it up. It was cool, and um, and then I was like, oh man, like this thing happened to me like, okay, so I, I will admit I am a pop collector, a Funko pop collector, and I have a good amount of them. And I had to stop collecting them at some point because you don't need every pop. Like you just need the ones you need. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the ones that you want. Right. And so I'm a big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pop collector. I am a big uh, Punisher pop collector. I have mm-hmm. all the Punisher variants. I had Venom variants for a little bit too. Um, I just kind of themed out a little bit. Right. So so when this came around, I thought, oh, man, this is a collectible situation. So I thought, oh, I have to get the other two toys now. And, you know, I only bought two the first day. So my odds of getting four characters or two of the four characters were, I don't, I, I don't know what the odds were, right? But I ended up getting two of the characters. So I thought, oh. man, now this is really going to suck because I need to get the other two of the characters. How much more money am I going to spend 
to make this happen. For just the toys. Right, for just the toys. So Tuesday I went out, and I was like, all right, let me just see if I could possibly score any on Tuesday, because California, they sold out on the first day, and I thought, well, this is New Mexico. The, the toy is, the, the, pa- the combo was like $11. That's not really a price point combo. Our families here really aren't going to be going to buy a bunch of these things. You know what I mean? So I thought I had a better chance. And so I went around Tuesday. I was like, all right, well, here's my strategy. And this is this goes for you listeners. If you ever want to, you know, you ever find yourself uh, going to get a Happy Meal toy and you're like, oh, I need a strategy. So I don't, I don't, you know, end up wasting myself. So this is what I did. I went to McDonald's number one on Tuesday and I said, hey, do you guys got the adult Happy Meal? They're like, nah, bro, we sold out. I said, all right, cool. They're all, what do you want? So I'll just get a large fry. So I just got a large fry, right? I was like, cool. I, I want a large fry. I'll eat it. So I ate that on the way to McDonald's number two. So then I make them McDonald's number two. I asked her like, oh man, we sold out like today. And I was like, see, it did last. So then I went there and they were like, what do you want? I said, oh, let me get, let me get a 10 piece nugget. Right. So I was like, at this point I was building a meal between two McDonald's. Cause if I was going to be there, I was definitely going to still eat something, but I was like, you know, you don't want to like, you got to attack with strategy. Right. Cause you know, you need to still come away with something. Otherwise you're just leaving empty handed in the drive through. You got to sit there that whole time for nothing. So I did the smart thing. I went home. I called McDonald's that I went to the first time. I said, Hey, when do you guys get your trucks? And he said, Oh, we got our trucks. Wednesday at 3 a.m. and also uh, Sunday at 3 a.m. I said, all right, cool, bet. All right, now I know. So then I went back Wednesday at about 12 noon, and uh, they're like, yeah, we're halfway through our case. Now, remember, they start selling lunch at 10.30, so that means in an hour and a half, they sold, the, half. They sold half of their case. And I don't know how many is in a case, but I wasn't like going to try to test out the theory any other way. So I went there at noon. I grabbed three boxes this time, three boxes. This is the way I did it. Again, listeners, check it out. You got to be smart. I got one Big Mac meal and two 10-piece nuggets meal because you know what? We were eating 20-piece nuggets at some point, if you remember. True. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Put the Big Mac in the fridge. I'll eat the nuggets for lunch. But, I mean, I did have to kind of tackle the fries because that's a lot of fries. You can't, you know, fries, your air fryer can definitely make them taste good later on, which is cool, but... So I basically got three boxes, had three toys, you know, I had to carry three drinks in. Mind you, like that was a that was a hard feat because I mean, three drinks on a tray, I I thought I was gonna drop them. But you did uh, it in one trip, right? All in one trip. Always in one trip. Always in one. We there's never. Your, there's there's your advice. We could never go there's, back. We could never never go back. <laughs> so I had all three boxes in a bigger bag i put them in a um one of those sprouts uh reusable grocery bags because uh, you know part of me didn't want to be seen with three happy meal boxes either so i was like <laughs> so i had them in three box three bags uh three three bags in a box or three boxes in a bag so anyways i got the toys boom open i feel the first one because i didn't open it right away i feel the first one I'm like mm, this is birdie okay cool got the third toy then i was like all i need is hamburglar now feel the fourth one Boom, it's Hamburglar. And then the fifth one was Hamburglar too. So I'm going to hook up a friend. But So four for four? Yeah. I, look, I got all four toys. You know, I was I was four or five. But I mean, look, that just tells you. like I Look, I spent $50 on 
on Happy Meals in two days. And I came away with all four toys and I feel accomplished now. But then, you know, of course, my buddy was like, yeah, but can you get all four toys and keep them sealed? And I said, oh, <laughs> I said, man, don't tempt me to a good time because I certainly would be trying to buy Happy Meals, fill the bag and be like, oh, look, I've got all four toys and they're still sealed. You know, that's that's another way to collect the combos. But yeah, man. So nonetheless, the Happy Meal, that's the thing everyone's raving about. Look, everyone's trying to get those toys because the lifestyle clothing brand itself, uh, Cactus Plant Flea Market, clothes are anywhere from like 50 bucks to 130. So, you know, the toys consider yourself like consider the toys like your your purchase, unless you want to buy a sweatshirt that says moist towelette for like no. 130 bucks. No, <laughs> definitely. All right, so so moving on. Uh, so, have you heard the latest about House of Dragon? Uh, just that uh, people are like shell shocked. What are they shell shocked about? That that uh, that because uh, when we were going over the notes and I was looking at it, I was like, nah, people can't be like that. So I remember checking Twitter and I was like, why are people complaining? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't personally watch House of Dragon. I don't what? watch I don't watch it either. But I was looking up what was kind of out there and I saw that fans were complaining that it was too dark. And I thought, dark? Like like as in like it's like the I, content is dark? Like it's right? Because I, mean, I watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, I watched Game of Thrones and I was like, Can you can you get more darker, darker and racy than than uh game of thrones is that right is that a thing is that possible that's and i didn't watch any game of thrones and then when i was already questioning could i watch house of the dragon like without watching game of thrones mm-hmm. and everyone's like yeah you can you totally can and you know but it just but you should watch game of thrones right and you know and i'm still thinking about episode the last episode of the last season where everyone's mm-hmm. like oh this sucks or whatever like right that's what so I when they're like yeah, so when they're like fans are complaining it's too dark, I'm like, too dark. I was like, wait, let me look at this. Like, what do they mean? And then they're like, apparently they can't they can't see, see <laughs> they can't see the content. Like it's like they literally dimmed the set like a really low. And one of the things that I had saw was I thought this was House of Dragons, not a DC movie or something like that. Like, <laughs> right. Or not this uh um but it wasn't that wasn't the Snyder cut? It was the other one. Oh, not the, oh, the guy that ended up taking over for Snyder. I forget right. what his name is, and how you can't like literally see anything in that movie. Yeah, and I was like, oh man. And they even made fun of Black Adam too because they did the original trailer that had come out in the summer for Black Adam. Yeah, and it was super dark. And then they had the uh, one on Monday night, the first Monday night football black adam trailer and it was like super bright and everybody was like ah do you brighten you added colors dc <laughs> i i just i just thought it was funny like that that would be a thing and, and it was funny because i was like well i was like oh I, I guess you can't really make out the scene and it, i guess it would be it's like you're squinting like trying to figure out like you have to do the brightness settings before games you know right like, video games when they tell you to make it barely visible the emblem barely visible <laughs> yeah I, I was like oh my gosh i go this so now this is now another reason why i probably won't be watching house of the dragon because like 
you know, apparently you want to be able to you want to be able to watch the show. <laughs> right, right. Well, you hope that the dark content is actually dark and not actually just visibly dark, like visibly dark, just, not visually impaired. Yeah, like it was just it was it's crazy, right? Look, man, it's already hard enough with glasses. Why you got to make things more difficult? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, back in the day, it was J.J. Abrams' uh, lens flare for Star Wars, right? So, yeah, you know, it's like you're watching a Las Vegas lights match, like through like a video camera, and oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) right, or like early New Mexico United games. You can't, you can't deny early United games. They had the camera shooting from like what is like the berm. Or was, old or old uh, El Paso games too were yeah. shooting from like it felt like across the street. <laughs> Seriously, exactly. Like I'm saying, like it's you know it's this this camera work. Everyone everyone feels like they're a digital artist. So um, yeah, I don't know. So I guess if you're a House of the Dragon fan, uh, if you can bear to watch the dark content, more power to you. I saw a couple of screenshots and I was like, well, look, I wasn't already watching this, and it's not certainly gonna probably hurt me to just keep passing by so um so yeah that was that but uh on to something else like more soccer related uh before we get it we get into did you see today actually that they announced the leagues cup yes so what did you think about that because i thought like i on i at first when i saw that and i saw uh mls and liga mx liga mx or yeah i thought uh i thought oh shit is this pro rel like, is this finally happening? Are we finally getting it? Right. And, uh, and I was no. just like, oh, this is like wild. This is the World Cup in the States with, with Mexican teams. It just feels like, you know what it feels like? Is it? Um, it feels like uh, CONCACAF Champions League, but we already know that like the two teams that are the the teams that are going to make the bracket are 90% MLS and Liga MX teams. Right. And so this just feels like Do you like this idea? Like one I mean I mean yeah, I I do, but I don't at the same time. Cuz doesn't this okay, cuz you said CONCACAF. So like that match happens because one the team that is the MLS champion gets a berth, right? Correct. And then also the US Open Cup team gets a berth, right? Correct. And then how do Oh wait, I did, I had to go look up some of the things too. So go ahead and finish cuz Okay. And then how does the uh Liga MX team make it into it? Is it the same thing like they win the, yes. the championship of their league and is it their first league and the Ascension League, the second one too? Uh, I believe it's just the first league. Okay. But I'm yeah. not sure because Liga MX does their, their season really weird. Right. Um, And it's broken into the two parts. I want oh, to say the Apertura and Clausura. Yes. They're kind of like the El Salvadorian League or whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't like that, but whatever. Um, But now, okay, so... Now I'm reading the about because okay. I just saw the announcement, right, for the League's Cup, not the about. And so I said, okay, let me go look at this to make sure. And um, uh, all 47 MLS and Liga MX Cubs will completely re compete in a completely reimagined League's Cup, an annual month-long tournament. Okay. Okay. 
League's Cup 2023 will be an official competition of CONCACAF Champions League, granting automatic qualification to the CCL round of 16 to the tournament champion. Wow. Clubs finishing in second and third place in League's Cup will qualify for the CCL opening round. So that's three teams that go there. So literally, I just said that the that the CONCACAF Champions League is essentially like when you get into bracket play, let's get into the round of 16. Right. There is maybe one team from maybe one or two teams. I'd have to go look and make sure that I'm not shooting myself in the foot on this one. But they're either Liga MX teams or they're MLS teams. Right. But because, like, let's be honest, that's where the money is. So now, essentially, you just made a League's Cup, but you just gave whoever wins the League Cup just an extra reason to just be in the CONCACAF Champions League. Right. And and even the runners up, too, for that matter. Yes. And third place. Right. So you're essentially saying, like, we're going to take. Now that just feels. I, I don't. Corrupt isn't the word that I want to use, but. When. So you wonder this then. Does the League's Cup tamper any what with the Open Cup? Because the Open Cup happens. Because oh. the Open Cup has already started, right? Like Correct. they've already been doing the first round. They of are doing. I believe they're on first round qualifiers. Like the amateurs and all that. Yeah, like ninth division if you really want to be right almost sunday league teams right exactly Um, like definitely like the rec rec league like anybody i think yeah and so open cup right as we know it as far as the usl is involvement it's like march like late march right so you wonder if and then the MLS teams cup were coming in at a certain time frame. So with this leagues cup thing, you wonder like, does this give like, like you know, okay, does this give the MLS several opportunities? Because let's face it, in the Open Cup, we know that the MLS teams that come in really early were not like they were not playing their best players. They were playing like kind of their they're dudes from like, you know, spot 23 and down, right? The, the guys that weren't getting the minutes and they weren't really playing serious rosters until they needed to, until, right. until they played other MLS teams or until they were like in the round of four or whatever. Like it was just like, you know, that's the, the way it was done. So, so with this leaks cup happening, is it set to only happen? Like, are they, do they say on there when they want to do it? And is that the time they're always going to do it? Probably uh, each summer. So there's going to be that. There's going to be Open Cup happening. You wonder if the MLS teams don't partake as much in the Open Cup or if it stays the same and there's just going to be these couple of things that all play a part in the CCL. I would have to wonder if... God bless. And this is why... This is one of the issues that, like across the pond and not just England, but all of Europe are dealing with is the, like, let's look at the addition of, um, I forget what the actual competition is called. It's underneath the, um, like the Carabao cup or uh, no, it's underneath the Europa league. Okay. Um, is it the champions? It's so we have champions and then we have Europa. 
Oh, the FA Cup. No, not that either, right? Um, is it Confederations Cup? I think it's something like that. Right. Um. Anyways, that's uh, for like uh, uh, caribou. So, so the European, um, transition right is like now you have too many tournaments. How much are you focusing on league play? Right. Like, when did the treble turn into like trying to win all five trophies in the year? Right. Because you, you have domestic, you have a league cup. Right. You have European competition. You have a league table. And then um, now you have all these other ones. And so, like, it just feels like you're adding more competitions. And then, then let's think about, like, when it's World Cup years. Like, what does that look like? Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, that's crazy. The, the, the only image that comes to my mind is um, – uh, is it Pedri from from Spain, the seventeen year or eighteen year old that played Champions League one week and then literally played a World Cup qualifier for Spain, and then went back to Barcelona? He played like three games in like less than a week. Like, and he was just, you could just see like the mental exhaustion from right. him. Like that's just what that's what it feels like. Well, and it feels like are they are, is this going to be a video game? Like, like is League's Cup coming out as like a Konami game pretty soon? Because like, you know, it. I just that's what I thought when I saw that coming out. I was like, oh my god, this is this is so much soccer. What is this going to air on? Is this going to be Apple, on Apple TV? Apple TV, huh? It is right. Apple TV, along with the fact that the MLS package is going to be on there too. Yep. yep. And that's uh, it's just it's just a cash grab is what it, it is. is. And yeah. like that's like I don't want to use the word corrupt, but like But like look, you're gonna be able to see all those League of MX teams, like they're playing like it's plus their own competition and then that. Yeah, like but you know like, you, you know that we make that we like meme like oh hey, especially down here in a border in a border state, right? Like we especially for me right it's always yeah. like who's who's your who's your mexican team i'm like i don't, oh, right, I don't watch i don't watch mexican league soccer although i was forced to by the soccer girls and i've landed on uh toluca as my mexican team okay so, okay um uh so uh but like there's never the you know that the the mexican clubs aren't saying like oh mls is our big right no like well, because Juarez, right? Like that's yeah. where, that's where uh, what's his face came from there. Um, El Paso's guy. Yes. I can't think of his name, but you know the one that they got who's who's scoring like goals every other match yes. for a minute. So they're, like they're sister clubs, right? So, right. Um, so now think about that vantage point. Like it cool, is, I guess like you will want to get on the Juarez team. Because you could then play, play MLS. Stuff. Right. And what relationship is the MLS starting with Liga Emekis? Like, they're starting something. You would have to think that, like, at some point, well, how many teams are in Liga MX? Uh, That's a good trivia question, actually. 
one that I don't have the answer to. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Look, 15, 15, top 15 from each ones will be placed in the group. <laughs> An event unprecedented in global football, the inaugural league cup will consist of 77 matches. Whoa. Like that number doesn't sound outrageous to anybody else. I mean, it's, it's, uh, what is it? It's like, it really is like they describe it like the World Cup. It's like three. It's like you're gonna play two group matches, right? And then there's gonna be like knockout. So rounds. group stage. Um, the remaining forty-five clubs will be divided into fifteen groups of three clubs each. The fifteen groups will be divided into four regions. Group placement. Blah 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 blah. The top 15 teams based on the uh, the remaining 13 teams drawn in group Every team will play two matches in the group stage. The top two teams right. from each group, as determined by points, will advance to the round of 32. 32 of the 47 teams will advance. No, so there is in total, uh, oh yes, 47. Yeah, 32 of the 47 teams will advance from group stages into the knockout bracket. And then, like you said, uh, the group stages will feature 15 groups of three teams, the top two advancing. Uh, oh, two champions from the 2022 season will be automatically placed into knockout rounds. Yes. So, um, and that's what it says. So the Supporter Cup final, or the Supporter Shield will automatically go and then the winner will go so lafc yeah so far so because you could win the supporter shield and then not win the league right so let's just right just in case anybody of the viewers don't know you can win the supporter shield at the end of the season but not lose and so those two teams go on because it says that the top 15 teams combined from both standings from league mx's weird groups her weird standings will, will automatically um, go to the next one, right? Right. And there will be um, reverse order. So 15 will play one. Wow. Two will play 14. Three will play 13, so on and so forth. Uh, there will be at least one Liga MX club per group. So. Well, and check this out for Liga MX. This means spending a month with our great and growing. This is what it says on ESPN. Um, for Liga MX, this means spending a month with our great and growing fan base in the United States and creating a new international opportunities. What international opportunity? Because it's not a real international <laughs> opportunity. Like, let's be honest. Right, like to come play for DC United, or you know, like, I mean, who knows? Like, it. I think if anything, it, this is going to mean more. More soccer hooliganism, right? Maybe some flares in the stands. Uh, you know, what I mean, who knows? Like, it could be kind of wild, I imagine. But it says so that our clubs and players can show the world what their talent and commitment for excellence. This is what League MX executive president said, of course, Mikel Ariola. He said that. Um, he said they say that like regulation wins will be worth three points. Yeah. So it'll actually be like actual group stage. Uh, then I guess Liga MX Club Leon won last year's final with a 3 2 
victory over the Sounders. This was that was what was that? That was Champions League, right? Yes. Wow. So they basically took that and said, "How do we give people more of that?" Like it just it doesn't make sense to me because the World Cup is what sixty four games. And you're yeah. sitting there telling me that you're going to play 13 more matches than the World Cup on a yearly basis in the summer? Right. So if you're doing so if League's Cup comes in, I think they pull the MLS teams out of Open Cup personally. Oh yeah. Well, I think they come out. Or they get real selective about what teams are going in it. Think about it. Think about it like this, okay? Like if it's all for the champions league, right? That's all for that. Okay. They now can create several births. Right? What if what if the USL championship was in on that? And they said, hey, we're gonna give y'all one spot too. Like your exactly. champion, your champion will come and play. If that was the case, then sure, yeah, I would be one I but, I would be before it, but but right now it's open cup champion. It's MLS champion and supporter shields. That's three spots in there, right? The two Liga MX. That's five spots. And and then the other teams. Because how many the 16 teams play it? Then is it like the runners up? For Champions League, yeah. Uh, well, like, then you it? have to. Well, then you have to. You have to accrue in the. It's for cha- for Concacaf Champions. You have the Canadian League champion. Oh. You have the. Um, Haitian. You have the like the, the islands. It's all of the Concacaf countries oh, okay. and their respective leagues. So you're right. looking at Costa Rica's champion. Okay. Copa Libertor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're looking Libertor at all these other champions. Now, UFOs. if you're sitting there saying, okay, we're going to make a full international like tournament. Can we just go on to the fact that then why don't we have relegation and promotion within the United States? Right. Like if you're really wanting to create something like this, let's go back to the age old conversation that every USL fan has been trying to have with the MLS since day one, and that is relegation and promotion. Yeah, let's 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 have that that convo. I mean, we we want to see it, right? Because it's like this lately, right? I mean, um, and the league's cup just feels like you get to ignore that conversation now because you're like, oh no, we're too busy with playing Mexico every year. Right. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I I have no issue with growing Concacaf because it is a pretty weak region. However, this just feels like money grab. I'm very anti leagues cup. <laughs> now that I'm looking at the details, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, they're obviously doing something. I mean, like I was just looking up the Scotia Bank. Champions League on how it all goes down and whatnot, and 
it is like you said uh, with how the teams were, were banked in there. It was Mexico and United States each, each having four teams, Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Panama, the Caribbean Club Championship. Um, and, yeah, and then this, the SCL provided one entrant apiece. Right. And then they, then they changed it a little bit. And, uh, yeah, you know, these things are interesting. They're trying to do whatever they can do probably to just kind of compete with European footy for the most part. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like, where where it goes from here. Um, you know, I think I think it, we look, we, we talk USL footy, right? So it's like, does the USL try to get in on something or is this con- – or is this more soccer wars? Like, is this like the MLS just pulling out another stop to kind of make the MLS still the top contender, like for people's viewership? Like, does the USL get in? Can they get in? Like, what what do they do? Like, how do they make? I don't. I don't think they get in. Do you think this is where the USL goes? Yo, we're not doing Eastern and Western anymore. You, everyone's just playing everyone, and then we're just gonna go ahead and and usher in uh pro rel like is this because it's got to eventually happen i think if you're going to have that conversation because i don't think mls is going to have ever have that conversation and there's a whole lot of other deep-rooted things that me and you could probably get into that aren't soccer related right like right we could get into socio-political reasons of why the mls will never do regulation and promotion so I, I really don't think that the USL gets any shot into this like talk of doing something like in international play unless one you're doing friendlies two you win the you, the open cup against an MLS team like if Sacramento wins if Sacramento beats Orlando City then maybe me and you are probably having a different tune to the conversation of oh yeah, yeah. USL 100% has a buy we just beat an mls team right is or and they fight on us or here is is the open cup is the open cup under attack probably (laughs) probably. because i I, I would i would i would argue yes i would lean towards yes because the birth to championship league was mls champion supporters shield or the cup winner it just and so like if we can equate it to your European competitions, right? Everybody in where it doesn't matter if it is the Premiership, the Championship, uh, Syria, uh, La Liga, the Bundesliga, it doesn't matter what it is. You still have your you still have your league title. You have your um, domestic cup. You have your um, and then your European competitions, right? Right. You're still looking at three or four competitions, but never once are we seeing like Italy and um, Germany having some weird competition where right. the Bundesliga and Syria right. are playing each other for shits and giggles. Sorry. Right? Just, no, you're good. <laughs> you know, League One or whatever. Like it, yeah. Until it totally makes sense. Like you know, there's no there's no uh, Maserati Ferrari leagues or anything. Oh, but but like let's 
you know what you know what I'm just thinking about now now that I just bring that conversation up is that's literally what this feels literally like a regional simplistic version of doing the super cup the super champions I forget what they actually call oh, it oh the super, super league. league it that's what it feels like it does yeah it feels like that and that's why I say, why wasn't USL Championship brought in on the League's Cup? They're also another, like, I mean, you know, I know they're not on the same level as League of MXEs or, like, MLS, but they are the other uh, professional tier. Like, could they, could, could they have created, like, a smaller entrant for USL Championship? Because I just go back to this. Open Cup's going on. Orlando City already then technically has a berth into the yeah. League's Cup, technically. Yeah. Like But they're they, already in the League's Cup. So Oh well, yeah, you're right. There are there so then Open you're, Cup automatic, was, you're automatically into the League's Cup. So how do you have <laughs> So then that's why Open Cup doesn't make any sense anymore for MLS teams because they already are one of the teams by default. They're already in yeah. there. They're and already say, yeah, okay, stage. we're gonna open up division two for both for for mexico and uh the usl right because mexico but, has the bbva so then wait if if orlando city is in wouldn't they already have a berth into the round of 16 as as my thought or yeah. if they don't because this leaks cup is like a clean slate then it's all hogwash. Like they're gonna say, "Hey, sorry, I know you guys would have been in the round of 16, but we're just starting this new thing, and uh, we we don't have any." Like that's the question we gotta know is, well, is so the this is open starting... cup is the open yeah. cup a part of the league's cup? And I think that's one question we'll have to wait to see answered. And I'm gonna say it's probably not, probably because not. because if they're already stating format for next summer, going based off of standings from this year then no then no then the open the open cup has nothing to do with it because they essentially have already decided how things are going to play out and there's no mention of the open cup right. champion being in this Oof. yes i think if you're mls teams um you are probably not playing an open cup game I just don't think it's going to happen anymore. Like, and I it think... may not. It may not even come down to no. It's because we don't. It's not that we don't want to, but I would like to sleep one day out of the week and not have to go <laughs> and not have like right and like if yeah. you're coaching staff too. Like, think of the logistical nightmare as a coaching staff. Let's say you're or let's say you're Orlando City, and you just played a league cup match against Sacramento. Uh, not a league match. Let's say you played a league match against Atlanta, or even shit. The, the, you play Orlando City plays L.A. in L.A. Then you have to come back to Orlando to watch film and prep for uh, an open cup match against San Antonio to come home and prep for a league's cup match against uh, Monterey. And like so, like. Where where does the where does the breadth of of 
just playing soccer comes in before you have to over prepare for three teams in three different leagues. Right. I almost wonder if with this new leagues cup, if there just is no more like, like the winner of the U S open cup just, just wins that. And that's it. Like that, that's what it sounds like. Oh, congratulations. You won a domestic cup. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> you won a domestic cup and that's it. Like you said, like, and then there's just no more connection and, you know, there's no like weird like consolation like, oh hey, but if a non MLS team wins it, then there's a berth because again, like currently it doesn't include any sort of bridge point. And I bet you that's a question people have. I may even try to ask uh the whoever runs the open cup account, like on Twitter, not that they're like the people who do open right. cup, but like just ask them like, hey, like what does this mean for the open cup going forward in 23? Like, what does it mean as far as MLS teams? Like, does it, is there just no connection to the champions league? Is it just, this is just a domestic cup. That's it. There's no like, because they, future, we, they'll get some cash, but there's no future births for yeah, anything. I think you're just trying to sell tickets. And like, one of the other things is like, I don't think the MLS does even like a a supporter shield versus um versus the playoffs winner right and so like where's your how they like you know like in the bundesliga it's the winner of the german domestic cup versus the winner of uh of the bundesliga like where's the super cup right so why aren't you doing like orlando city versus whoever wins the mls Exactly. Well, and it's like, like I said, they, I, I just think this league's cup was done in a vacuum and that they didn't consider the U S open cup results. I think that they did this because I don't know if you saw this. Um, and I meant to send it to you, um, was that, uh, MLS has been overtaken or did you send that to me? I saw it on Twitter. That uh, the MLS has been overtaken by Formula One in the United States. So the MLS, yeah, so the MLS doesn't even have top viewership. So it goes to the NFL. And then it goes to F1? No, it goes from the NFL to, I want to say, I think it's MLB, and then the NBA, and then NHL. And then it was MLS, and now... It's NHL Formula One MLS. Dang. Pretty soon it'll be uh, MLP, Major League Pickleball. I mean, hey, have you ever played pickleball? It's kind of fun. No, but I mean, you know, like. <laughs> but, but, apparently... that's, but that's the reality of it. it right. And it has nothing to do with growth of the sport in the United States because the USL is the prime example of growth of soccer in the united states right i mean the usl is like aew and wrestling basically yeah however the mls just likes money that's why there's no pro there's no regulation and promotion right they like money and that's where i'm saying like we could go into the socioeconomics right as the political economics of it all but 
much we'd further. Be, we'd be here till 3 a.m. about that. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, so we got a good entrance on this. Obviously, this is more to come, I think. Like, I mean, we know Leaks Cup rolled out their stuff, so they're pretty good. They're just waiting to ride in. They definitely, obviously, plan to do this around the World Cup time because you're already in World Cup mode. And, you know, hey, after your favorite star players play for their their countries, boom, guess what? They're going to play for their team, and they're going to play in this it's a very, you know what it is? It's uh, the World Cup format is a very palatable format mm. of watching soccer for people. They're used to playing games, group stages and knockout elimination rounds for a cup. And it's that's just what it is. And if you think about it, in so many ways, that's how USL and that's how the playoffs were the last couple of years because of COVID and regional stuff, right? They put the teams in weird little bubbles groups together with each other. And they did this weird sort of grouping. Like it, it doesn't surprise me that that's the idea birth itself out of something along those lines or, Hey, how can we do a, how can we do like the same thing as world cup, but with pro teams basically is like what they just did. And so very interesting. So then let's, uh, let's switch, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, let's see, let's, let's tackle one. Let's actually talk. Let's talk Denmark. So this is, I loved, I, I, I loved this. Okay. When I read about it. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So when we talked about the kits and shout out to Carl, because Carl asked a question about what was, what is, uh, he said he liked the world cup kit last time, the kit talk last time. He's like, what is your favorite club kit? If any, and I'm pretty sure he opened it up to us. We all had a different one. I think I told you guys, um, I think I told you that I liked. I think I know I said that I liked the purple Argentina drip kit, but I liked also probably one of the African teams kits. I just don't remember which one it was, but nonetheless, um, we're playing off of Carl's question here. So I remember there was the all white, all black, and all red kit for Denmark. And I remember the comment I made was like, for the all black one, I said, oh, it's murdered out because I thought, wow, it's black on black. You know what I mean? But much to say other than that, that was all I saw it as was, okay, wow, these kits are just like, they're just the same color on the color. Like that's kind of all it kind of is. And then we read about it. We read about why it was that way, right? We know that Denmark... Their sponsor is Hummel, and I've come to learn that Hummel is actually a Danish company. Mm-hmm. So they're a Danish company, and so they sponsor their national team, the Denmark uh, footy team, or you know, uh, I, you know, the national team. So they they sponsor them. So the whole concept of the kits was they sponsor and they support the Denmark team, but they didn't want to be visible in the tournament because they put out there that Qatar's human rights record 
uh, wasn't very good, more or less. That, uh, that they were putting out there that um, they didn't really take good care of migrant workers, that some 6,000 people died building the stadium sites for World Cup, to which then Qatar disputed that and said it wasn't 6,000 people, it was three people, which is really crazy to me that that sort of disparity would happen in the numbers, you know, and it, it, they tried to say, oh, well, they weren't working. I don't know. I don't know, obviously, the, the data, but that's a doesn't that seem like a huge difference, like 6,000 people versus three? I mean, yeah, like that's just it just does by itself. I mean, we we know that it's not just three, though, and that's I mean, that's obviously what Qatar is coming out with and saying, and that we already know from our own our own resources, and I, and I'm not saying between me and you, but as a uh, soccer community as a whole, we are already aware of where this traction was going when Qatar was even announced to be the 2024 World Cup hosts. Right. We, we knew we knew the direction that everything was going to go, and we didn't. Well, and they stripped them from it back in 2010. Right. It just didn't think that it was a good site, really, to put the world's game, um, just given real strict laws that are in place there and, right. and the viewpoints. And... And even up to the very last moment, right? We're two, three months out, and literally, what three weeks ago, they're like, "Yeah, I guess we're gonna sell beer." <laughs> right, exactly. And you know that is gonna make that uh, it's gonna make things real cagey, right? Like every everything's gonna be really interesting. Like this thing with Denmark was interesting because, again. We learned that the kits blend the black on black. We learned the black kit was going to be the most controversial kit of World Cup. Like, slap that one on an album cover because it's going to be turned way up when it happens. But they're calling that the kit of mourning. Mm -hmm. Black, black is a color of mourning. This black kit is to essentially recognize all of those who've lost their lives building the world cup sites and crazy enough is that they get to choose to wear one kit for their initial game and they're going to wear that kit yep they're going to wear the black kit and it i think things are about to get really interesting and i don't really know the full extent of me even saying that only to say that what got more interesting in the drama about Denmark's kit was that while they're raising this up, and then of course Qatar's, uh, I think there was a supreme, there was a, I'm not sure it was a supreme council or whatever. They were like, "Oh, we dispute this, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we like don't like we're saying that that the tournament didn't lose that many people's lives that this, the number was was three or something." So then Denmark comes back and says, we're going to travel to Qatar without our families, 
right in the human rights protests and we're basically not going to contribute economically to qatar in any right. given way so then this writer his name was sam Assad, for like the new arab he comes out as an opinion piece and he says well why didn't why didn't denmark why didn't dbu and humble uh want to make a similar statement about the hundreds of lgbt like you uh, people who had been detained tortured disappeared and executed in russian federation but you know what i went back and looked up i looked up hummel in the 2018 world cup and you know what they did there they what they did is they created a display and it was a giant jersey and it was a rainbow jersey display is what it was and they had different colors of Hummel jerseys that made up the giant jersey. And it was a huge display. And they basically, uh, I think they put in Russian, I think it was like something about like change the sport or the like changing the, changing the world through the sport or something along those lines, whatever mm. they're saying is. And they spoke to local activists in Russia and they were like, yo, we love what you're trying to do, but this will actually cause like more hurt than harm. And you shouldn't do this here. We're, we're a little afraid of what will happen to you if you put this here, right? Mm -hmm. So they didn't put that installation in Moscow or Russia at all, right? They right. kept it in uh, Denmark. And I guess they kept it next to a, a broadcasting station where they were showing the games and whatnot. And I think as the jerseys were selling, they were donating proceeds to the LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ uh, sport um, organization in Russia, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they were doing with it. So I thought to myself, well, this guy obviously didn't do his homework because he figured, well, how come they didn't set up this installation in Russia? And it was like, well, no, they actually were going to, but they were coached to not do that. So it wasn't like they weren't speaking up about it, right? They mm -hmm. did. And his and this person's this writer's argument was, oh, why are they all of a sudden now speaking out about human rights? Why why didn't they do something in 2018? But obviously his visibility on the internet, he didn't obviously do the same Google search I did, right? Like right. you know, so so he is definitely uneducated. He wrote an opinion piece and like you know, I'm sure if he ever sees it, he'll feel, wow, maybe he'll, maybe he'll feel corrected, but he goes on to say more so like if Denmark and corporations like Hummel truly cared about human rights, they withdraw from the tournament. That did raise a flag for me. Stupid comment. It was, but cause it was like, okay, like if everyone wanted to protest human rights, right. If we know that like, we know that like nine of the other countries captains are going to wear like uh anti-discrimination armband too like if everyone was protesting it like why why is it okay why is it not a good idea to withdraw from this tournament in protest like i get like i get what the sentiment is right like yeah, if you're so against uh, what they did, why are why are you going to contribute to what they're doing? 
and to me that isn't uh, that isn't a Denmark issue that comes back to what I was saying earlier is that we know what Qatar what we were going to get from Qatar when Qatar was announced to do the 2022 World Cup we knew exactly what was going to happen because has anybody ever heard of Qatar before all of this stuff I can guarantee you not a lot of people knew can point out where it is on the map Right. Even now, where we in, where we're in the World Cup, and that's not it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying that when you have places that have economic stability and understanding of the world outside of sports, where you had the United States, you had Mexico, you had Canada, you had uh, I believe it was. I don't remember the other teams that were back in. I think Germany was eligible again to get the 2022 World Cup. I think France was also eligible again too. Um, that um, you try well, to make this this straw man what about what aboutism argument for something that there's not not within their control, like, and then you're going to essentially. Uh, push aside the um, well why did they even compete in qualifiers if they were going to despise what was going on in Qatar like you're going to deflect away from the amount of hard work that the Danish players had put in to get into one of the most exclusive things right to right. get into to get into the group stages of the World Cup is, is exclusive whether it doesn't matter if you're France or your Brazil or uh, Argentina, and you've done it for years without any hiccups or anything like that. But you're gonna discount hard work over um, what you would con- not what you as the writer are considering as virtue signaling towards um, towards human rights, and that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't. Well, and I mean, if you think about what I pointed out with uh, the rainbow shirt display and then, right. this, and then this, like it would seem to me Hummel could have easily done the rainbow shirt thing again, right? They could have gone that route because, I mean, like basically, like there are laws in place that are a, that make the LGBTQ. Uh, Q plus they make that whole situation like illegal, right? Right. And there's no protection in Egypt for that. And but yet they say, oh, everybody's welcome. And and I heard him the guy say that, the chief executive out there say that. And I thought to myself, like, I don't know that I would trust that because everyone's welcome but like to what extent like they only good while they're in the stadium but then like past a certain jurisdiction it's like back to the way it is like that's real i this i'm telling you like things are going to get real hot like in the next month or two i just really think they are but i think that with hummel and denmark's national team going with this sort of mute kit i think it's i think it's a strong thing that they did um Mm -hmm. and i am and to know that each kit does it but the black kit represents mourning but the red one and then the white one like it's 
it's certainly not performative on their part because no. the, each kit keeps the message in play and you know truly right now what you're going to see is if these clubs are fully about speaking up or using their platform right like for social justice like they're truly going to be tested in qatar because like where they were doing it in their own homes and stuff you know their own like places of the world wearing the t-shirts and wearing the armbands like the last couple year you know like it's easy to say like at some point maybe that could have got performative right that they were just coming out kneeling or you know what i mean yeah, like well, at some point thought... like it it at some point you had to stop doing it but now you're going into like literally like a really you're going to be tested like let's like let's point out the fact that um even over the last couple of years right you whether whether the whatever side you want to fall upon and what you called the actions of not just soccer players right we're looking at the nfl and major league right. baseball and, and the nba one of the things is is like you are using a straw man argument to say or or a whataboutism argument of this that, and the other when that's not the case they're using a platform for their message they're not trying to say almost not trying to say we're going to stop supporting this as human rights uh, activists or whatever um because when did when did that stop right for some of these i'm trying to i'm trying to put this into a better way like right when has when has not supporting something as one team right as let's just say the danish team or one company just saying yeah we're not gonna we're we're gonna stand up against this when did that stop human rights um or the deprivement of human rights in qatar exactly it's not gonna stop it but we're at least gonna bring an awareness to it yeah their job isn't to stop it their job is to bring awareness to it so that way the people that can stop it or i don't want to say stop it but that can create policies to prevent things like that because let's be honest the soccer teams aren't the government they're not there to create laws around that they are to bring some awareness to it right and things got kind of dicey because obviously this writer went on to say that like oh well 30 percent of Hummel's products are manufactured in china like he went there right and it's like okay what does that have to do with anything right it has nothing to do i mean like he he tried to say well if they care so much about human rights then why are they why is why is their supplier why is the company manufacturing in a place where maybe human rights maybe child labor could be of question and and so you think to yourself like so this guy basically went in he tried to take the focus off of what qatar what the claim was for the qatar and instead of like he, he couldn't even go yeah it, it it may be that or that is the case right but let's so and so here's this right and 
And he tried to obviously deflect and say, but where were you guys four years ago? And right. and furthermore, where look where your kit gets made. And it's like, it's like, wow, you really are trying to deflect as much as possible. You're we're not talking about those things. We're talking about this thing. And let's talk about this thing. Let's stop trying to, you know, take the focus off. And, you know, we see it on other things here in the States. People do the same sort of thing. Right. And that's that's clearly what this guy was doing. But I thought, let me go and look back at what Hummel did four years ago. And sure enough, they were certainly trying to do something just as huge, to say the least. And, you know, the, act, the local activists were like, yo, don't don't actually do this over here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you got to set it off because, you know, Russia was was doing something with Ukraine at that time. And like, you know, so nonetheless, like I just I, it's it keeps developing. It's going to keep it's going to get interesting. I'm really going to be having to tune in to the Denmark games specifically. And this guy over this uh, chief executive over in Qatar, you know, he's like, hey, you know, people want to protest. I'm fine with that as long as they have the full information and don't trust the news is what he's saying. You know, yeah. and he's like, people just need to be, they need to make so, solid decisions on what they're doing. So, you know, um, you wonder what those words really mean, right? Because the whole thing with Russia was that there it was against the law to spread homosexual propaganda is what they called it. So they said people couldn't be walking around holding hands that was the right. thing or they couldn't put out that was the whole reason why they couldn't put out the rainbow thing because they were like oh well you'll be spreading this propaganda and then you'll then there's this whole law thing that goes into play and so as the game gets more inclusive right because i think that's the over the overlying message here that we're talking about the game has gotten more inclusive yeah every four years it has gotten more inclusive and more voices are heard and more boundaries are uh, broken and you're right more it's it's everyone's place and right we're putting these games in places where they aren't uh that's not the gospel for them if you will and so they're like yeah yeah we're still doing it our old school way and they say everyone's welcome and they say everyone can protest and they say you know like we don't mind what you do right like but like they're certainly not going to become western overnight if that makes any right. sense like they're just not going to be like the west like that isn't going to happen so um keep your eyes peeled i think i think that's how we kind of sum that one up let's let's bounce to this next thing here let's talk the other day the sally yates report came out this is the report of the independent investigation to the U.S. Soccer Federations concerning allegations of abusive behavior and sexual misconduct in women's professional soccer. Now, this broke um, on Twitter, but it had definitely been humming for a while. Obviously, like, you know, verbal abuse and sexual mm -hmm. misconduct has been swirling uh, in WSL professional teams uh, from coaches to owners of teams um like league officials within nwsl have known about it about uh reporting's been made but nothing's been happening and you know and clearly over this time uh this sort of disgusting uh behavior 
you know, has, has run wild, right? Coaches getting fired from one club to another, being reported for having done, like, gross sexual things with players. Players obviously fearful of their careers, right, not being able to say anything or being taken seriously, you know. And so now this report has come out. It's like 300 pages. I haven't read them all. I know, Patrick, you and I are trying to get into that. And just the very first page, like it was just already so gross as far as what uh, was put there. I mean, you know, a coach essentially having a player over to go over game film and saying for every errant pass you made, I'm going to grope you. Right. Like that's I just can't even imagine that. Right. And 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 then the player just trying to kind of downplay it in the moment because they're fearful. Right. Um, like I, I don't even know where to start, man. I just, I just, I know that we needed to talk about this, like, you know, amidst everything else going on with, with soccer right now, I just felt like we need to at least like use this, this, this time to just talk about this. I mean, cause I, I definitely like denounce like what's happening, uh, what's happening that in, in women's professional soccer, as far as these these professionals these coaches these uh directors of operations these uh league officials and even u.s soccer for that matter not you know batting an eye at these things i mean this is just kind of this has been going on too long man and i I just i'm glad this reporting came out but man like i i'm not glad to hear all the things that are happening and i just want to kind of get your take on it too i think i think everybody's um super disgusted with what's going on um, I know that USL Twitter is uh, is uh, f- fully banded together the, across across many different band badges, um, in um, and just uh, such disgusting behavior. It's like it doesn't. It just doesn't. We all know that it doesn't have a place in there, and it's insane to me that like some of the comments that I was reading were if these women can't. Uh, uh, deal with being yelled at. Maybe they shouldn't be professional athletes, and it has nothing to do with being yelled at from from uh, from a coach to player standard. It's not that's not what's being brought up here. What's being brought up here is gross misconduct. Like, and I don't mean that as gross as like ugh, gross because it is disgusting. But for 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 like, the amount of abusive behavior. There's a high volume of it. The high volume of it is just insane to me because I know, and like this, we were talking about this before that I, I haven't cracked into the details and I kind of, I don't know how much of the details I want to crack into, but it's just not, it's, it seems like it's, it's once it's one step forward for women's sports in general. And then nine steps back. Right. Because we just had what not too long ago their the record signing of creating equal pay in this US soccer federation right. for men and women. And then we have this big old nasty report that comes out of gross misconduct. Like And you realize that they say this stuff was stems back to as early as youth soccer. Yeah. This is this happens as early as youth soccer all throughout club, college right the national team like professional like you know and i mean 
it's 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 not something like I said, we know like this is just unacceptable, but when you look at it, it's like you understand you can probably like understand why it's easier said than done to be like, hey, you guys should like 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 because they did say stuff. It wasn't like they right. didn't. It wasn't and like they, they didn't. It got swept under the rug. And right. that, that's what's the I think that's what's the worst part of it is that it wasn't the fact that they never said anything. It was that it was uh don't worry about it, it's not that big of a deal. Well, in some instances, right, they didn't have ways to like anonymously report things. Right. There wasn't like, you know, the suggestion box or the like, hey, like you can report this and be protected, right? Like, and having to worry about retaliation of any sort. And when our reports coming across, you know, you hope that it's in full confidence, right? You don't have like, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes, right? Like is a player making the complaint and then it's getting back to the coaching, right? And then and possibly even the league, maybe they're in collusion, right? That's a famous word these days, right? You know, is, is are people like, you know, is there like a kind of a good old boy, good, you know, network happening, right? Where everyone's kind of talking like, oh, well, this just kind of came across my desk. What should we do? You know what I'm saying? And like, right. You know, everyone's, everyone's wallet is in everyone's pockets. Right. And, and, and so this becomes like a monetary thing, like a little bit of a, like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And, you know, it, it's crazy. Like I said, like, I haven't read all of the document. I've, I've skimmed through a good amount. I did see also something else in relation to this. Alex Morgan used her platform mm-hmm. um, to essentially kind of come out and, and certainly like validate some of, you know, claims being made by another player and say, Hey, like, I do know this to be true. I do, I do know that to be true. You know, she used her, her platform in a big way um, this week to really support another, another player. Um, I thought that that was good to see um, because like this stuff has to stop. One thing that I thought was crazy was um, so one of the teams mentioned racing loose. I was, it was it racing loose city. Yes. Yes. Or not loose city racing, racing, but it's a, it's a a Louisiana product, right? Yeah. Racing. I think it's still Louisville. I think you're right. Racing Louisville. So like, so the the club or the owner jock he comes out and he's just like, oh this is this is bad and this and that and we you know we released this coach and yada yada whatever but it's like there was such a delay in like you know in when it was probably reported right or the right. Knowledge of the knowledge of it happening that you need that owner to go too right you know because now he's coming out with the graphic. Like everyone's dropping, you know, oh, you know, we, we've learned about these uh, findings in our club and that's not acceptable. And, you know, this person's going to be removed and, you know, we, we stand in solidarity and like people, like these, these owners are getting like real good at like these graphics, but it's like, dude, how long did it take you to react to this? Like, you know, you're, you are a part of the problem. Like you let this go on for, for much too long and. And so now you have to go too. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's just. Yeah. I, I, the, the, the words escape me from. 
from them even having to just deal with it. Right. And I mean, a point that was made to me, like when I was talking to a friend offline, was like, this this very thing could be happening in New Mexico right now. Right. It's, it's probably happening in New Mexico easily. Yeah. Like at some level, in some sport, in some way, that some some woman athlete, a young girl, right, is being broken down by a man, right, or you know, is being harassed in some way, right. you know, all for like more playing time, whatever it is, but like in some way, like that's happening. And this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be a norm. This shouldn't be a conditioning that one has to put themselves into to like they should this should right to succeed or this shouldn't mental toughness shouldn't be a thing, right? Like right. you shouldn't have to like sustain like verbal abuse or, you know, like I said, like inappropriate uh, behavior, sexual misconduct as it's, as it's put, like, you know, like I want to finish reading the whole document to like have a conclusive, like, right. But you, you don't really need to like after the first page or so, the, the executive summary of the Sally Yates report really just frames it for you. And like, you know what I mean? It's just like, right. It's like, wow, like, you know, this, you know, you, if it wasn't the equal pay thing, it's this other thing, you know, and it, it doesn't make it better when you had women in the league that were like, that knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Right. That was like, okay, wait, you know, what's, what's really happening here? So. Um, it's like where, so, so these coaches get fired, these owners need to sell the club or step back from these roles. League officials need to be relieved. But where's the change? I think that's the big question is where's, where's the legitimate change? Yeah. Where is it? You take the problems out, but how do you? Because, like, like you bring up, this could be happening not just here in New Mexico, but it could be happening anywhere. Anywhere. So where's the legitimate change that you're going to make to make sure that this doesn't happen? Right. And are these people that we've removed, right, that hundreds, thousands of voices, right, have spoken up or supported in solidarity, have removed these people? Do these people – are these people able to still coach? Still do – are they – Like, are they stripped of that, you know, like, and that only handles that problem, right? That doesn't necessarily. Doesn't fix anything. Right. Because there could be the next wave of it coming up through the coaching license ranks, right? Right. So truly, like you said, where, where does the illegitimate change happen? Like. What's being put in place so that this doesn't happen again? Exactly. And it, it can't just be NWSL doing a, um, what would they do? Like, uh, we're going to do a class on identifying. Yeah. Sexual we're going to put them on, or... we're going to put them on paid leave to go take sexual misconduct classes. Like, right. Is... We're going to do like a, a every team's going to have to do the seminar. Right. And then 
because you know how those typically kind of right. go. Like it's right. they're put together. The person who's presenting it doesn't have the passion about it, and it's kind of like a you know like just sign here so you attended the class. Say you were here, right? It's just you know you. The answer is the answer is conviction, right? It's conviction. It's convicted hearts. It's like it's knowing like what is morally right and wrong, and and being able to to truly speak up and 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 call it out. Like right, the players like look, they raise they raise the concerns, like they're protected. There's the anonymous line to do these things. Like I mean, but it's like. Where is the assistant coach? Right. Where are the other people who are around this professional saying, "Hey, that ain't right." Like you know, like I'm I'm going to go ahead and report this. Right. You know, but a lot of the times the other people who are you know a part of that leadership cadre are just like, "Oh, I'm not going to say anything," right? Because they're fearful of. Of their position but i think some i think you it's it's about time to see these these professionals in these positions of leadership like be willing to put their job on the line to do what's right right you know yeah you might get removed because you reported something but you know what like you did the right thing you know and i'm sure like you your your career yeah, it might take, you know, you might have to leave something after you reported it, whatever it might be. If right. something's not getting handled, you can't stay there and, and be a part of that still. Like, you you know, but, you know, I mean, that's the right thing to do, you know, and that that's that's what needs to be happening. And I think you see that, you know, there are some athletes that are like, all right, well, I've raised these concerns. I put this out there and I'm, I'm leaving this. And in some cases they might even like have to leave the sport, you know, and kind of retire. Give up. I mean, I, I mean, and that's, that's the, that's the worst part I think is having to leave the sport because you can't feel comfortable playing, playing the sport that's given you so much and given you a ton of opportunities. And it's not fair to say, I have to walk away so that I'm safe. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad it came out. I'm glad that everyone is, is up in arms about it. I just want to see where we go from here because like in all things, you know, this sort of thing comes up initially, it, it raises a lot of, you know, like, like Huzza, like as far as like, Hey, like, boom, what's going on here? Can't believe this. Right. So, and then eventually it dies off. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, cool. We got those folks out of office. Now things can kind of go back to whatever they were. I got the heat off and it's not a big deal anymore. Right. And it's and like, it and that can't happen anymore. No, nah, the culture has got to be different. Like you were talking about it's it earlier. It's got to be better. Stay yeah, hot to, when you're hot. Yeah. You have to create a culture and it's got to, it's got to be this thing and, and it's got to be intentional. And so that's what we want to see more of. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I think that's, I just want to, I wanted us to like, just talk about a little bit and really kind of give, give some focus to it, Um, you know, and let's just see where, where things go, where it takes us. I mean, you know, and just really hope for the best. So 
let's we'll take a small break here and then we'll come back and we'll jump into the enchanted 11 Coming back from the break, and, uh, you know, actually, we got to talking during the break, and we felt like, you know, to really kind of, uh, to make, to really make a uh, exclamation point about uh, what what had been found in uh, women's soccer, uh, we, we wanted to just really actually end the episode on that, um, you know, tonight, and really just kind of, um, just make that the, uh, the main thing, uh, for the main thing, so... You know, listeners, uh, we, we thank you for bearing with us, uh, or I should say travel, traveling through this uh, longer podcast. You know, we like to talk a little bit, but we really wanted to um, just make that the stand, you know, and just say, hey, look, you know, this sort of uh, behavior isn't welcome in any sport and certainly not in the women's sport. And uh, so we uh, just wanted to end it here. Let's be in deep reflection about what we can do uh, to make an impact um, you know, on the game and, uh, you know, how we as, uh, as consumers of sports can, um, really, um, really be a change, uh, more so than just embodying the belief, but that we can set forth to do something meaningful. And for us, that's using this platform to talk about the issue and to decide what we want to do with it, which is end it right here on this one. So thank you for listening. Uh, to this week's edition of uh, We Are Seek and Strike podcast for Patrick Baca and myself, Chris Walker. And again, shout out to Veronica. Um, We'll have her with us next time. Uh, You've been listening to this episode and we'll catch you next time. Have a good night. You've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL-related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.